I'm Robbie Burns. I'm Craig McClellan. And this is Semester 2 of the Class Nerd Podcast. Connecting teachers to the productive world of apps. Robbie, it is an uh, oddly snowy Saturday morning here in Tennessee. Um, and by that, I mean snow fell from the sky when before the sun came up. And then it has just switched to rain because that's how we do in the South. But uh, how, how's it going there? Uh, we've had nonstop rain since pretty much the end of the summer. So I am jealous that you even had a hint of snow. Yeah, my students have been talking all week about how it's going to snow on the weekend and we're not going to have school on Monday, and they are oh so very wrong, but such is life. Yeah, what is snow? Snow's got to really wreck things for you all there. Yeah, we're not prepared for it, even though every winter we end up out of school for several days because of snow. It's like one inch of snow will shut the city down for at least a week, probably, um, because we just have no, we don't have plows we don't have enough salt we're not prepared for and people don't know how to drive in it so ultimately it's it's a destructive force here yeah i mean we're nothing like ohio but uh you know we get our fair share of it um you know and enough that i'm i'm pleased with the amount of school that we get off on a decent snowy year i i have a feeling that you know how it's like a teacher intuition you just get a good feeling about mm-hmm. these things. Yes. Yeah, I have a really good feeling about this January and February. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we definitely get some time off here. I just remember that my hardest year of teaching with the hardest class that I had was also the year that we didn't get off a single day for snow. And I was ready to not be around those kids. And uh, the weather... Did, did not allow for that. So, uh, and of course this year I actually, I like my classes, so I'm sure we'll be apart quite a bit. Hmm. Well, um, what are we talking about today? Definitely not the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny. It's like I, my, my initial thinking as I'm watching our clock here is man, do I hate podcasts that drone on in the introduction and we're at two minutes and we have talked about literally the weather. So, <laughs> What is it they say on uh, Upgrade? Nobody cares about that. Let's. (laughs) So, Robbie, you have been texting me lately talking about kind of a change in your, I want to say, philosophy on technology use about automation and apps you're using. And I kept wanting to ask more questions, but I also felt like our listeners might want to hear about this. So I said, we're scrapping... Our original plan for episode two of the semester, we're going to make that episode three, and I want you to talk about your your journey, your uh, changes that you're making. So I'm going to I'm just hand it over to you for a little bit. Sure, I don't know that I have that much to say on the subject, but let's let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. So it's hard to place what the impetus for this journey was, and I don't even know that it isn't a phase, but. I am currently using quite a bit less automation and power user feature apps right now on both iOS and on macOS. Uh, You know, these things, I mean, as as we are always trying new apps, new workflows, this could just be a new phase, a new workflow that I'm trying. Um, But I'm way more interested in kind of figuring out how I got here and where it's going than I am how long I will be living in this space. Uh, I think it's a, a little bit of a combination of 
trying to, over the summer, figure out a new strategy for tracking documents and notes in a meaningful way where I could better organize my work, uh, mixed with what has been a very surprisingly stressful fall. So I think this started in the summer. I knew that my Evernote, and we, and we really got into this on a recent episode, <laughs> but uh, I knew that my Evernote subscription was going to lapse this year. Uh, it actually did this past fall, spoiler. Um, and uh, coming up to that, I was looking at, okay, I've got all these different note apps that I use on a regular basis. I've got GoodNotes, Apple Notes, Bear, Evernote. How do I try to move on from Evernote, which is very expensive, and I just don't really appreciate the design of it, really, and where it's been going these past years. Uh, and then how do I try to consolidate all of this work? So I tried a lot of things. Uh, I, I tried quite extensively over the summer Devon Think Pro and Keep It. And uh, I tried, well, we're going to get into that in a little bit. So I'll, I'll breeze on past it for now. Uh, so I, you know, I tried a bunch of different things. I kind of settled in with using a combination of Bear as my note-taking app and Devon Think Pro Office for my bucket of miscellaneous files. And I started the, the, you know, the first quarter of the school year with this kind of workflow. And then things got really busy. Uh, I cut a lot out of my life this past fall, but it's strange how sometimes you can do that and then feel just as busy, if not busier. And I, I won't get, yes. get into, I'll ignore all the possible personal reasons of like things I have going on that might be contributing to that. But, you know, I do, I do also still just have a lot of work related things going on. I'm teaching lots of private lessons. Um, I, you know, I'm, the, the school year is very full. I've still got two extracurricular activities. I'm teaching six periods a day. Uh, I'm gigging a little bit more lately. It's, it's just a lot. And I have literally no time to plan anything which you would think would be the impetus to use automation uh but i have actually just been using less and i think the reason for this here is possibly sitting in the fact that uh you know automation does take a little bit of prep and you do have to do some maintenance to make sure that your systems are working you know if you're like typing in text and then triggering Drafts app to act on it that you know you gotta like make sure that your drafts actions keep working you know and all that stuff um so i'm just i'm using less of the fun bells and whistles and i'm you know like let me let me I just got some notes here like i'm looking at you know okay so like one common thing i do with automation is you know i type a lot of text into drafts and then i send it places um but i was finding that you know i'm sending 98% of my drafts were going either directly into my task app or into my note app. So instead of leaving drafts on the dock, which I've done for like five years, I have recently experimented with it off the dock. And instead I have Apple Notes and OmniFocus on the dock. And I just go directly to the one that I want to type in and it's been going pretty well. Um, I'm using, oh, I've been using some first-party apps that, I, you know, like I just said, Apple Notes. Uh, it's just simple and clean and beautiful, and it makes me feel like I'm in control in a way that fiddling with all the automation 
things in other Node apps did not. Um, Reminders app I'm using a little bit. Um, I've all, I already used the Apple Calendar app on iOS, but uh, Mail, I'm using Apple Mail. Uh, you know, these things just work well on the system and are, are just clean. I think part of it is just like, I'm so stressed, like clean user interface is also a really good thing to look at. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm using uh, less automation triggers on the Mac, like less keyboard maestro. We're just like doing things like one or two little baby steps longer rather than maintaining systems that save me lots of little clicks and taps. Uh, oh, and you'll like, sorry, I'm just giving you a ton of stuff to fire back at me with. Here's here's a biggie. Uh, I also was really looking forward to series shortcuts being a major part of my workflow this year, and it has just been failing me in a couple of ways. Uh, one being that I was hoping a lot more apps would integrate it. Um, and two, I am finding that some of my shortcuts, even my very, very simple ones, will have sometimes less than a 90% chance of working correctly, or the implementation of the third-party developer will itself not work 100% of the time. So I'm just doing stuff more manually, using apps that are pleasing and simple to look at, and hoping for the best. You know, I, I can't, I, as I sit here, I'm like, I'm not going to fire back in a you're crazy kind of way. Because it's, it's funny for me, I've had a lot of the same things, just taking on some more leadership roles in my school and a lot of personal stuff as well. Things have gotten crazier for me, but I have taken the opposite approach and added more automation, which when it does fail is super frustrating. You know, there was a, a point in time recently where custom Siri commands that I had taught, and this this went around the internet, people uh we're all tweeting about it and it, there were articles about it on nine to five Mac and all that, but custom Siri commands just stopped working and it's a server site. Like it's on Apple. It wasn't an OS thing. It was something about how, you know, Siri is processed in the cloud. There was a bug and then just for everybody, it stopped working. And so things that I have that save me time all of a sudden weren't available and I was like, this is really frustrating. And, you know, that's that's a rare occurrence, but it's still, you know, it, it does make me think, is this the right way to go? So, I, you know, I'm interested in what you're saying. Um, gosh, you did give me a lot to think about, though. Um, <laughs> you use the word control, like having just using straightforward apps without automation gives you more control it, it it seems can can you talk talk to me more about that what you mean by that because to me part of my control is being able to approach things from a lot of however i need to be able to get there whether it's from shortcuts or drafts or just opening up the app uh, control to me is being able to do what i need to do however i choose to do it so i heard you use that word a lot i want to i want to know more what you think about that yeah, I think control 
I mean, there's two ways to talk about control. And don't get me wrong, I'm still using like a ton of this automation stuff. I'm just using it in a very light way. Uh, you know, I mean, all automation is like a point of diminishing return kind of thing. Like you have to find out how much of this right now, how much upfront work am I going to put in for how much gain? And to me, I just basically like turned the slider way closer to the, I'm not going to put too much work into this on the front end. But what this has allowed me to do is the, the sense of control is coming from working more directly inside of an application. So instead of saying, okay, I'm in drafts and I'm going to tap this button and then my text is going to go to Apple Notes. Um, like, why am I doing that? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to open up Apple Notes and type in it. And I feel like a little bit more that I'm just, you know, it's like just picking up a pen and writing on a piece of paper. Like, that's the kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it's funny. It's so There's sometimes where I really don't have enough time to write something down. Uh, it would be like if you were scrambling to take a note that someone from the main office has just called down to tell you, you know, like this parent just called, can you call them back today? And I'm, I'm scrambling for a piece of paper and pen uh, to write that down. Imagine now if I've got a million things to do and I'm scrambling now for that pen, but instead I'm looking for a different piece of paper. And what I'm going to do is that piece of paper is then going to get put in a mailbox that's then going to spit it into another mailbox and then I'm going to read that to-do off the thing. Do you know what I mean? It's Yeah, and you know, I think a big difference between us and our ability to do this is the fact that I'm iOS only and you have a Mac. And you know, one of the one of the things you haven't actually said, but in our kind of show prep outline, you wrote down that you're using less automatic triggers on the Mac and more clicking and dragging. And to me, like, yes, iOS has drag and drop now as of iOS 11. So it has for over a year now. But that's still not always the most convenient thing because you have to, like, leave your finger on the screen and then swipe the dock up and then hope that the app that you want to drag whatever into is in your dock. And if not, then you've got to go to the home screen and find the app and open it and then drop it. And it's just not that that model. It's great that we have it. And I can't imagine going back to not having drag and drop because it makes things so much better. But it's still not the same as on a Mac. And so for me, being able to automate moving files around and doing stuff like that is almost a necessity for me. And so that's also like I had a friend the other day who is going back to school and he was like, Craig, should I get a new new iPad? This was not long after the uh, Apple's October event. And he was like, should I get what should I get? Should I get an iPad? Should I get a Mac? What do I, I was like, get a MacBook Air. Because yes, like I like being fiddly and working on iOS only, but you got to kind of like being fiddly and knowing how to do it if you really want to be productive on iOS to an extent. And so for me, it's fun and the form factor of iOS is great. And for me now having this computer that is in a lot of ways a computer when it's sitting in the smart keyboard folio, but then I can pick it up and um, connect it to my 
smart board and start writing with the Apple Pencil and doing stuff is huge to have that all in one device. But that's not for everybody. So, you know, having I think having a Mac kind of allows this for you, you know, I think so. I think it's because you just mentioned multitasking and drag and drop a moment ago. I, you know, I think the Mac makes this quest <laughs> towards simplicity easier because doing what I'm describing is really, really fast on a Mac, like going directly to the notes app uh, and typing in it. You know what I mean? Like the stuff right. on a Mac, like hitting command in the tab key to switch between apps is so lightning fast. Um, you know, I've got gestures that show me all my windows really easily. I've got keyboard shortcuts that do, th- you know, I've just, it's, it's just very straightforward. Whereas I'm feeling with iOS, especially with the shortcuts app, I'm, I was just feeling like the more I did with it, the more I was just holding together my iOS workflow with duct tape. And, you know, when you hold something together with duct tape, it breaks more frequently uh, and I was tired of reapplying duct tape to things like like one of my favorite shortcuts that I use almost all the time is a shortcut that is only three steps. And and these are awesome steps. I mean, some of these steps are only possible because of the new Siri shortcuts APIs. Um, step one is it finds a fresh copy of my seating chart for my class, which is sitting in Dropbox. Step two, it opens that document in GoodNotes. Step three, Omni Outliner, which is an app that I write my lesson plans in, looks for my lesson plan file, which is like an in iCloud and syncs between all of my different devices. So I can add stuff to my lesson plan from my phone, from my Mac, from my iPad. And so the idea is that I get a, an up-to-date lesson plan and a clean seating chart for my class in one tap, which is awesome. And it's really, really magical when it works. But I have enough times that it's you know it seems anecdotal to say but i haven't like started tallying how often it works but it like it's enough times that i'm aware of it and getting frustrated by it where either the shortcut will give me a really ambiguous error message like it can't find the dropbox file or like it just can't run uh and then when it does work the omni outliner implementation of the file finding thing like it doesn't always find my lesson plan file and i'm like come on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was just use I was just using it yesterday. So, uh, you know, and, and then not to mention that, again, iOS multitasking. Like then I'm still kind of filling with like which windows are attached together. Like it's it doesn't really feel like it's saving me that much time other than to just kind of fiddle around with my fingers on the screen for a couple of seconds before class starts. And you know, I don't want to complain too much about being iOS only because I genuinely love it. And when I do get on a Mac. There are times that I want to do things quickly. And now, because my understanding of automation and how to do it has grown as iOS has matured, instead of Mac, where you know there's been shell scripts and all sorts of stuff for far longer than I've known how to do any of this or understood it. And there's so much deeper. And Automator, for goodness sake. you know, I have no idea how to use Automator at all. And so for me, like I can actually do things using automation on my iPad, do them faster than I can on a Mac. And so that is for me part of the reason why I am iOS only. But, you know, I can totally see if you don't want to mess with this because some of it is I like fiddling. Like this morning 
when my small children woke me up at six o'clock in the morning and I didn't have anything to do until we started recording at 10, I, um, I sat, I had in my, um, task manager things, I had an idea for a quick automation that I wanted to, to do in drafts. And so I wrote a draft script while I was sitting watching who knows what with my kids, you know, um, and that was like a fun Saturday morning activity for me. So it's, you know, the fact that I enjoy the fiddly and it genuinely makes me faster than I can be anywhere else is part of why I do it. Yeah. Well, and I do enjoy fiddling. And I, I think the very nature of shifting my workflow is itself fiddly. <laughs> so, right. Well, uh, that's true. Yeah. So, and I think, I mean, and we're going to talk in a, a little bit about, some apps we've been using lately. And I think you're going to actually, <laughs> you'll be surprised to hear that I'm using one that is actually fairly complex. So, I mean, there's ways in which I'm just diminishing which workflows I'm willing to put a lot of time into, but then in other ways, I'm doing some real heavy lifting with some power tools and some power apps. So it's, it's a balance and it's been an interesting experiment. The other thing too is like, and this is just a little side note, but a lot of the stock Apple stuff, like, is it's still really they're really great apps, and I and I really hope, like, I'm actually gonna be mad if there are not new features and Siri shortcuts hooks into Mail, Calendar, and Notes with a future iOS release. Yeah, like, I it, agree. It's got to happen. <laughs> like, come on. Give me, give me snoozed mail messages, you know, filter out like junk mail from my inbox for me. Let me, uh, let me take a note in drafts and send it directly to the Apple notes app in the background without having to open. You know what I mean? Like that's stuff that I'm really looking forward to. Let me ask you one more question. And I think this will kind of start transitioning us to our other topic. Um, but how much are you still using text expander? Uh, that's a good question. So that's an example of a really powerful automation utility on the Mac that I am using all the time, all the time. Um, yeah, Text Expander is is just a huge part of my workflow. I take it for granted every day, and it's huge. I and it's again, it's huge. Like the the part of it that I use the most is like 90 to 95% of it is not the super powerful stuff like you know typing in a string of text and then having um a you know a dynamic pop-up window show up where you can like you know insert like different parts of a template you know I'm not using like templating or uh any scripts like I you know I just 90% of it is just hey here's a phrase I type a lot and I'm going to type it in three characters instead of 18 yeah so for me, that's the biggest thing about being able to use Bear for my notes or um, other apps that, and and really in shortcuts and drafts is I want a lot of templates and it not even things that require complex like filling in, but just like my lesson plans, I lay them out the same way every day. And so I just want a blank template that I can fill in the specifics every time. And so because I'm on iOS, and yes, Text Expander's on iOS, and yes, certain apps have integrations with it, but I don't want to have to think about when I'm in an app, 
is this one where I can just use my text expander snippets or do I need to switch to the text expander keyboard? It, I just, I, I don't even use text expander anymore because it's just clunkier on iOS. And so that to me is where the biggest place that I'm using automation. So whether it's starting show notes for this show or a lesson plan or things like that, I hit a button in shortcuts or a button in drafts, depending on what I'm doing, and it creates a template for me. And so I think that is another reason why, for me, I can't go to Apple Notes as much as I actually kind of prefer a lot of things about Apple Notes. It's Apple Pencil integration is another is a huge one. Well, and that's a big that's a real big reason why. And we're, I know we're, we're moving towards this note topic, but that's a huge reason why I'm currently using Apple Notes is because when I got the new iPad Pro, that feature where you tap the pencil to the screen and it automatically wakes up with uh, an, an Apple Note open that you can draw in, that works so much better on the new iPads than it did on the previous ones. Like it's just magical. So I guess that is a good uh, transition for us into note-taking and not so much. I mean, we've talked about, I use Bear for notes. We had a whole episode on that. You're using Apple Notes right now. Um, but more for the, I guess, everything buckets, um, what are you using and why? So I think that's the the question I was trying to solve this past summer, which ultimately led me to simplifying my note workflow. Um, I was using... A, a weird combination of a bunch of different note apps. Um, and it's funny, I wrote about this in my book, and I, and I don't know if my my opinions on it still hold up, but you know, when I wrote my book, I had this whole, there's like a diagram, like a table in it that explains like what different types of productivity apps are intended to store. And there's a real gray area between files and notes because a lot of people put files inside of note-taking apps. And I, for years and years and years, had been doing that with Evernote before I started playing around with, you know, the Bear app and Apple Notes and trying to figure that out. So I, knowing that my Evernote subscription was going to run out this past summer, I really took a deep dive into DevonThink Office Pro, which is a power tool app. You know, it's just like a very robust uh, actually, it's a it's a suite of apps for Mac OS and now iOS that you know manage files for you. So the idea for me was like, hey, can I get this thing to replace Evernote and use this as my place for dumping files? And, and you know, Evernote is that to me. Evernote was a note taking app, and it was also a place where I would just dump files, not files that I needed really quick access to on a regular basis for editing, but I'm just talking about like receipts. Um, you know, packaging slips, like just tons of miscellaneous things that I needed to have in a database, but I didn't want to do a ton of work to organize them. I just wanted to be able to trust the, um, you know, the optical, oh gosh, can you, <laughs> the OCR, the optical character, it's the R. Recognition. Thank you. For some reason, whenever I say OCR, I'm really tempted to say resolution instead of recognition. And I don't know why that is. Um, the... The, you know, that feature is a big deal and Evernote does it seamlessly without clicking a button. So uh, I learned Devon Think, or at least 10% of the features, enough to get me by. And some of my prerequisites were, all right, this Note app has to OCR my documents. It has to be really easy to get stuff in. Um, it has to be able to import my Evernote 
database with tags and you know it has to be really easy to search and work with so uh devon think is is by far the most it's like the omnifocus of everything buckets it's just got a lot of things it can do and uh it has a really unlike omnifocus has a a pretty nice user interface but um actually the new mac version looks stellar uh devon think does not look very good it's very cluttered and gross in fact uh it looks like it it hasn't really been rethought since the you know all the icons and uh user interface changes happened to yosemite like when was that four four years ago now i mean it, it just has not fully made that transition into an elegant simple user interface uh and it's just got a lot of things you have to learn but ultimately it was one of a few note workflows i worked with this summer and it really met the OCR requirement. It was the only Note app I tried over the summer that could import my entire Evernote database reliably. And I tried Keep It. I tried Apple Notes. I tried Bear. DevonThink was the only one that actually did it correctly and right and made me feel like the cloud wasn't going to burst. And uh, it, you know, it's great. It, the fact that it's a little bit ugly and has some extra cruft doesn't bother me because again, like this is a place where I am just dumping a lot of stuff and trying to find it. And it's, it's, it's funny, you know, I use this app over the summer. Sorry, this is really long. I, I'll, I'll fast forward. So I basically ran into a friction point when I was having some syncing issues with the iOS version of the app this fall. And I, you, you texted me, you said, you're going to end up back on Evernote. I can feel it. And I did. Uh, I, I know you well, sir. Uh, yes, I, I ended up back on Evernote, and I did this because it was familiar, the syncing was reliable, and also because I was getting to this point where I was very frustrated that the note feature in DevonThink does not feel nice to use, and I was really starting to organize a lot of files and documents, and it felt wrong that I couldn't put a note in a folder with a bunch of different PDFs and feel like that note was in a separate place. Um, but the notes, the notes just look ugly. They're not fun to use. So I, I went back to Evernote. It was working really great. Uh, but I was getting frustrated now by two things, uh, or rather getting frustrated one, with one thing. And then the subscription was about to lapse. Uh, I was really just frustrated with how much junk was in there. You know, it was like, I have my notes, uh, but it's really hard to make notes look pretty. There's all this cruft, all these buttons everywhere. And I was using and enjoying the feature where you can type one uh, a note into drafts and then send it to Evernote in the background. But then I was like, again, getting to automation. Uh, I was, you know, finding that it didn't look right. And I was like formatting my draft script so that it interpreted my markdown in a nice way that looked good in Evernote. It's just getting to be a mess. So Evernote lapsed. I booted up Devon Think again, and I said, you know what? The way I am using Evernote as an everything bucket, I, I just need Devon Think to be a dumping ground of PDFs that I can search easily and that I can, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to grab the URL to the file and then put it like in the notes field of a task app, like, hey, read this document in OmniFocus. And then the note has a little link that takes me right to the file. Like that's still a pain to do in iCloud. 
Yes, it is. Uh, and Dropbox, I don't pay for anymore, so I'm afraid to put too much stuff in Dropbox. So, you know, I mean, DevonThink is just now a dumping ground of PDFs that I can find, and I am saying, you know what, forget it. I can just have some of my notes in a separate place, even if some of my notes are related to some of my documents. And, th- and that's a little frustrating uh, because there's still no unified tagging API. I still think that Mac OS should make a way for third-party apps and Apple's own apps to integrate with tags. And Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, and just have, even on iOS, this would be great. Like just a way to basically tag an Apple Note and a DevonThink document and be able to see them together. That would just... They're probably never going to do that, but that would be crazy. Now, let me ask you a question because you just said something that is super interesting to me. One of the main reasons why I'm using Keep It to do something similar, uh, which we can talk about in a minute, is it syncs via iCloud. And I thought that DevonThink, if you wanted to sync your DevonThink libraries, had to be done with Dropbox? No, it'll use iCloud now. Uh, oh, yeah, and I'm, and I'm, no. yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna try it, aren't you? Uh, well, but the thing is, again, there are no trials on iOS, and I don't want to pay the and and there are just I've heard enough people say that you can't be iOS only with DevonThink. Um, it just there are enough features that are not there. So I'm I'm talking myself out of this as we speak is what that's what our audience is listening to right now. But that is still very interesting. It is. And I've had some issues, like I said, I've had some issues with syncing. They eventually worked out. So ultimately DevonThink was the only app that could reliably get my Evernote database inside of it, but none of them were able to really sync it over iCloud very well. Like Bear, I was in contact with the Bear people for weeks because my Bear databases were wildly out of sync. And and Apple Notes is the same thing. I you know when I tried to import Evernote into Apple Notes, it like just froze on me. Like I had to delete all of those new notes in order to get the syncing to work. Uh, but then like I would go into iCloud. I had to go into iCloud.com to do it because Apple Notes was such a mess on my devices. But now you know it's funny. I'm thinking now because the Bear thing eventually and the Devon Think both eventually did get it together. It was just with a lot of time and background syncing, which is, you know, I've got like 7,000 notes in Evernote. So it's, it's fair. It's a fair thing. But now, now I'm starting to think to myself, okay, maybe if Apple notes continues to be my, my main thing, I can try the Evernote import again, because it it really, some of my notes being in DevonThink and some in Apple notes is a little weird. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, briefly discuss keep it um, because I'm using it for a lot of the same reasons that you just said, but it is a better iOS citizen than Devin think is. And so basically again, it, a lot of it goes back to the multitasking model of iOS. And right now I can't have multiple screens in the same app. So for instance, if I'm writing lesson plans and I want to be looking at the scope and sequence, my district has given me, um, I can't keep that in a bear note and then also write my lesson plans based off of it in a bear note. And so I like having, and, and bear also just doesn't deal with files as well as, um, 
Apple Notes does. It doesn't have rich previews. It You have to actually tap on the file to see anything in it. And so, again, I'm compensating for lack of iOS features, but I'm doing it with, I mean, with apps that are great. So I'm not super upset about it. Um, but being able to link to a certain file using its URL scheme in a, just like you said, a task in things or in a lesson plan. So I don't keep, let's say I've, I've picked out a certain math task for a, a day and I'm writing out my lesson plans. I do want to have quick access to that file from when I'm looking at the lesson plan, but not necessarily want it in the lesson plan in bear. I can tap the link uh, or get the link from keep it to the task that I'm doing and um, save it in my lesson plans. Then when I get to that day and I'm looking over my plans, I can see, Oh, there's a file I need to print or something. Tap the link. It opens and keep it. I print it for my students. I can have quick access to it. If I need to project something on the screen or something like that. So it really is, again, a lot about automation and being able to quickly move stuff around. And I have shortcuts that I've made to help me quickly get certain file links from Keep It and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we're using them about the same way. But for me, Keep It's just better on iOS. Uh, it certainly looks better, feels like an iOS citizen and you know, I mean, it's just it just has that simplicity and user interface design polish that Apple apps have. And for that, uh, I wish I was using it. It was just really not handling Evernote that well. Like DevonThink has this something about the way DevonThink imports Evernote stuff. Like it is just really robust. You can tell that they built that import feature specifically for Evernote. I mean, it is like reliable, fast, and it gets everything i mean it is just in the notes look they maintain their rich text like if you do a lot of formatting like even if you do colors with the text or like it just they look good uh it, it just feels it feels right and for you know as as much as the ios version is lacking the mac version is just really a reliable piece of hardware so i it's funny. I call it hardware. It's software, but I, I really—it's—it's it's just. It is a very powerful tool for the job. Um, I, I think ultimately, I don't regret purchasing it. I wish I knew how to use it better, but it's—it's <laughs> it's doing the job. Yeah, and I, you know, keep it is not perfect. I do have some complaints about it that I don't need to get into. Uh, the other thing I will say for it though is it's regularly updated, so it got Siri shortcut support right when iOS 12 came out. It. Um, it, it, they're regular, regular updates, which I don't think I, I hear much about Devin Think updating on iOS as much. So, next episode, we're going to get back into task management. Uh, this was a, a listener request from our end of semester one exit ticket. And so, uh, we're going to talk about the differences between types of apps and how we're using them. I won't spoil it too much, but I think that's going to be fun too. It's like a, a an annual tradition that we talk about this together on my pad, my podcast or ours. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, around this time last year that we, we did our OmniFocus versus Things episode on your podcast. So back when, when this, I think that podcast, we had our first conversation about doing this after we uh, stopped recording that. Yeah, it's good memory. 
Well, listeners, until next time, stay classy. And stay nerdy.